And it's good to answer questions. And it's good to have questions. You know, it's good that we communicate with God. Amen. How many of you believe that God communicates? Amen. So why do we need power? Let's look at Psalm 62, verse 11. Psalm 62, verse 11. There is not even one word of God that is without power. So when you're looking at the word of God, you are receiving power. When you're hearing the word of God, you are receiving power. Power is being imparted to us. Psalm 62, verse 11. God has spoken once. Come on, say with me once. Twice have I heard this. Say with me twice. That power belongs unto God. So that means it's very urgent. This is an urgent message. How many of you remember that David was a warrior? He's a soldier. He's not somebody who works in the office. He's in the battlefield. All his life he had been fighting. So power is very real to him. And God had been telling him this is very urgent. This is an urgent message. Power belongs to God. He said, once had God spoken, twice have I heard this. Verily, verily. Twice means remember it. Don't you ever forget it. Once means it's urgent. Twice means you remember it. To live a successful and a joyful life, we must have God's delegated power. Why? Because no power means sickness, diseases, death, accidents, sin, immorality, perversity, loss of joy and peace, financial loss, broken homes, broken relationships, strives, quarrels, fightings, mental torment, emotional bondage. Physical captivity. So let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Do we need power? Can I ask you one more time? What do you think? Do you think you need power? Is it an absolute yes? Yes. So do we all agree that we need power from on high? Absolutely. Easter is about the resurrection power. What is resurrection power? Ask the doctors. Go to the hospital. Look at those that have died. I did see my mother's dead body. Resurrection means what? The brain has to start functioning again. The heart has to beat again. All the blood supply, organs, muscles... Bones, everything need to be plugged back into life. The life source, amen, in order that the body can breathe, can function and move. So when we talk about resurrection power, we're talking about the power that is over physical death. It's a victorious, triumphant power over the evil and the captivity of hell. It's full-on, total victory. Can we say amen? Now, we have to understand that God is always over and above what we can think. 
So when we think of resurrection power, we think of dead bodies. But when God thinks of resurrection power, he thinks of dry bones. He thinks of the ashes from a dead body. So I want to show you this video. It's the video of the valley of dry bones. So you can see what's involved in the resurrection. And I want you to know that your body is coded. All your bones remember your name. Somebody had asked me this question. Can Christians be uh, cremated? Is that the word cremated? Well, what about the resurrection? Then I don't have my bones anymore. Don't worry about this. All your ashes will come back to you. Your body is unique and everything within you knows your name. It's just like your muscles that have memory. Everything within you is coded. They know you. They know you. Your eyeballs, your eyebrows, your hair, even the hair that you've lost. They will come back to you. They know you. All your bones, muscles, organs, they know you. So let's watch this video of Ezekiel 37. Thank you. Amen. Praise the Lord. Give the Lord a big hand of praise. Isn't that awesome? Wow. Okay. So let's go to Ezekiel 37. This will be our text this morning. Ezekiel 37 verse 1 to 3. The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, which was full of bones and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, there were very many in the open valley and lo, and they were very dry. I want you to look at verse three. And he said unto me, son of man, can these bones live? How would you answer that question? If God were to ask you, will these bones live? Probably we would say, no, impossible. How? Well, look at how Ezekiel answered. What did he say? Oh, Lord God. You know. It's very important that we don't go ahead of God. And it's also very important that you are not full of emotional fervor. If you want to have power from God, if you want the Lord to speak to your situation and circumstance, you must not have your fixed mindset because remember he can do over and above all that we can ask or think it's important for us to stay open to whatever God wants to do not what I want to do Not what I think I can do. Not what I plan to do. But Lord, what you want to do. Now, if you go back to Ezekiel 37 verse 1, the hand of the Lord was upon me. Go back to verse 1. The hand of the Lord was upon me. Highlight the hand of the Lord. And then highlight the spirit 
in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley. So the hand of the Lord, the spirit of the Lord, who are they? Or who is that? Who is the hand of the Lord? Who is the spirit of the Lord? Come on, tell me church. Who is that? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. What did Jesus say when he starts his ministry? When he was about to start his ministry, what did Jesus say? He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. For he has anointed me. So to have power from God is very important for us to call on God. To call on God. And it's very important for us to recognize that he is not just your God. He is your Lord. The hand of the Lord was upon me. And he carried me out in the spirit of the Lord. Until you have made God your Lord. Until you have made Jesus your Lord. Until you have made the Holy Spirit your Lord. Your life would not be very successful. The word Lord means boss. The word Lord means master. The Lord means yes sir. Whatever you say. So so we need to make God our Lord. It's very important. So we need to say, whatever you say, Lord, I submit. Whatever you say, I obeyed. I yield to your instructions. I yield to your guidance. In fact, I wait for your guidance. I wait for your instructions. Not that because I'm afraid I... Not that because you will scare me to death. Not that because I'm afraid if I don't do this, you will punish me and send me to hell. No, no, no. Because I'm so convinced that all that you have for me is good. I'm so convinced your plan for me is the best. Your future for me is the best. I want to live in your prophetic power for my life. It's not because I'm afraid of you. It's not because I'm afraid of your punishment. No, it's because I'm so convinced of your love, of your goodwill for my life. Can we say amen? You have my best interests on your mind and your way is the best. Your thoughts are the best. Can we say amen? In fact, I say it this way. There is no other way that I can be happy other than your way. There's no other way that I can be happy other than your way. Amen. I want you to look at those scriptures again. Look at Ezekiel. One more time. Ezekiel 37, 1 to 3. Can we have those again? All right. I want you to, hike, I want you to see the word... The hand of the Lord was what? Upon me and carried me and in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley. I like those words. Why? Because they mean that Ezekiel was being led. 
A lot of people ask, how can I be led by God? How can I be led by the Holy Spirit? Look at those words. The hand of the Lord was upon me. He carried me in the spirit of the Lord, not in my own thoughts, not in my own mindset, not in my plan. You know, a lot of Christians, they pray like this. Here is my plan. Lord, bless it. No. Why don't we live with the plan that is already blessed? Set me down. It's not that I sit down. He set me down. Divine guidance. How did Ezekiel get divine guidance? Because if you want the power of God, you must have the guidance of God. There is no power without divine guidance. If he's not leading you, then he's not giving you the power to do it. Because God only empowers his own plan. You can't just have your plan and ask God to bless it. You will have God's plan and then the anointing, the blessing will come upon the plan. So how did Ezekiel get into divine guidance? He was spiritually open. He lived a lifestyle of being in tune with God. He lived a lifestyle of being sensitive to the Spirit of God. He lived a lifestyle of being obedient to, to God to do whatever. If you look at Psalm 37, verse 23, how many of you remember that? The steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. That means divinely orchestrated for good. That's why I say Christians, we have no accidents. Divinely orchestrated for good. We don't run into accidents. We don't live by luck. We live by God's will. We live by God's plan. Amen. And he delights in his way. Why does God delight in his way? Because his way is good. God wants your life to be good. How many of you know that? How many of you know that God wants your life to be good? God wants your life to be good. Amen. Now, if you look at Ezekiel, notice that so far, God had been initiating the vision, the conversation, and the move. If we want power from God, notice whenever the Holy Spirit is moving, you follow. Whenever the Holy Spirit is prompting you, whenever he's moving, follow him closely. Follow his instructions and move with his instructions. I put it this way. Stay in the flow and you will stay in the glow. Because wherever the spirit of God is, there is glory. Stay in the flow and you will stay in the glow. Listen to me. Don't be stuck in your way. Get rid of all your traditions and your culture because they can hinder you from following God's word. The traditions of men can make their word of God of no effect. So get rid of all your traditions. Get rid of your cultural traditions. Stay open. Always be open to discern 
and to follow God's way readily. You can't say to the Holy Spirit, wait, I'll follow you later. No, when he moves, you better go. When he moves, you better follow. Otherwise, all your plans, maybe even if they don't die, they will give you very little outcome. They will give you very little return. And you'll be spending lots of time and your return is just minimal. Always follow God readily and expecting victory to come forth. When we look at the resurrection of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus is not man's way. Nobody had thought of resurrection in Jesus' days. When Jesus was crucified, they thought all the disciples left him and they all thought that that's the end. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is not man's way, it's God's way. Over and above all that we can ask or think, over and above the human way and over and above the devil's way. The devil has no way to beat the resurrection power. Go to Isaiah 55 verse 8 to 9. Isaiah 55, verse 8 to 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts. Now, sometimes when you read the Bible, you read it as if, you know, God is just belittling you, you know, God is just downplaying you. No. These are statements of facts in the realm of the Spirit. These are statements of facts. These are the revelations of God. God is revealing himself to you. He's telling you, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways. So when you have your thoughts, when you have your ways, wait. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Thoughts are ways. Listen to me. Thoughts are ways. Your thoughts can lead you and guide you. Your thoughts can lead you and guide you. Thoughts are ways. So check on yourself. Check. Are you on the highway of God or are you stuck at the bottom? Are you soaring like an eagle or are you flapping like a chicken? Come on, lift up your hands with me and say, Lord, stretch me. Lord, lift me up. Lord, take me higher. Amen. Now let's go back to Ezekiel chapter 37. Look at verse 4. Ezekiel 37 verse 4. Again, Ezekiel 37 verse 4. Again, he said unto me, highlight those words. Again, he said unto me, again, he said unto me, these are very precious words. Lift up your hands with me and say, Lord, speak to me. Lord, speak to me. Again and again. Oh, Lord, talk to me. Give me your conversations. Give me your thoughts. Speak to me again and again. Amen. And he said unto me, you can't do anything without him saying anything to you. 
the power of prayer. It's not that I think I better pray like that. Prayers come from the Holy Spirit. As you study the word of God, as you hear the word, as you meditate on the word, as you hear sermons, the words get into you. You get soaked in the word. You get soaked in the anointing. And the words become personal to you. The words are stored in your spirit. The words are stored in your memory bank. The words are stored in your holy emotions. The words are stored in your will. And then when you wait upon the Lord, the Holy Spirit moves upon you. And those prayers rise up on the inside of you. And release the anointing, the power of God into your life, into whatever situation you're praying for, into whoever you're praying for. That's why the word of God says, be you holy as I am holy. Nothing is more precious. Nothing is more important than hearing the voice of God. Nothing worth, worth you losing the voice of God. So don't strive and lose the anointing. Don't strive and lose your calling. Don't strive and lose hearing from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will never stand on your side and tell you, come on, quarrel with him. Strive with her. No, 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 no. That's not the Holy Spirit. That's the devil. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of peace. It's the spirit of love. And his way is a lot higher, 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 higher than the carnal self. Can we say amen? There are many children of God, but there are not many sons of God. There are many Christians that have come and go. Many Christians that have been Christians for 40 years, 50 years, and they stay babies. They get offended. They get into quarrels. They get into strife. They get into self-will. They get into sickness. They get into accidents. They get into catastrophes. Why? Because they stay children. They've never matured. Maturity takes self-denial. Jesus said, what did he say? Take up the cross and follow me. There will be a cross for you. You need to be able and be willing to suffer in the flesh so that you'll be promoted in the spirit. You need to be able to win the wars of your mind. The wars of your emotions. The wars against your self-will. You need to be willing to say, Lord, I follow you. Your will, not my will. Holy emotions, not my carnal feelings. The mind of Christ, not the mind of the flesh. Can we say amen? Again, he said unto me, prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, all you dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. How can you prophesy if you don't receive the word of the Lord? 
How can you pray if you don't hear prayers from heaven? Christianity is about relationship. It's about fellowship. It's about the anointing. It's not about coming to church and fulfill a religious obligation. It's not about not going to hell. It's not even about going to heaven. Christianity is about walking in the glory, walking in the power, living the life of Christ. I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I want you to notice, Ezekiel, what did he do? What did he do? He received instructions. Instructions were given to him by God for him to follow, for him to say what to say. God speak to him. Amen. And he followed what God said. Results were given to Ezekiel, were given to him first so that he could expect them. The result would be that these dry bones would live and these dry bones will know the Lord. I want you to look at verse 7. Look at verse 7. So I prophesied as I was commanded. Now we're living in the time and the generation when the children don't want to obey their parents. They don't want to follow their parents. You know, that's the lie of the devil. Why would you want to turn away your inheritance? There is so much that you can receive from your parents, especially when they are Christian parents. There is so much blessing that you can receive from them. There is so much grace. There is so much anointing that you can receive from your parents, from your leaders, from your pastors. But the spirit of rebellion says, no, I'm not doing what they tell me to do. I'm not following them. But look at Ezekiel. He prophesied as he was commanded. So I prophesied. And what happened? The results came. The results came and there was a noise and there was a shaking. And what happened? The bones came together, bones to bones. Glory be to God. So what's the assignment of Ezekiel? To repeat what God said to him. Like prayer. To repeat what the Holy Spirit is giving me. Whether it's in the form of a picture, whether it's the form of an impression, whether it's the form of words. Miracles come when we repeat what the Holy Spirit is telling us. Miracles come when we speak out the vision that God has given us. And then he said, but there was no breath in them. There was no breath. I want you to notice that God was giving a miracle to Ezekiel. A miracle in the making. 
It's a process. Now, I want you to understand that Ezekiel 37 has double meanings. Number one, Ezekiel 37 prophesied of the gathering of the Jews, the coming of Israel as a nation. And when was that fulfilled? 1948. That was a miracle that all the Jews were brought back together and Israel was birthed as a nation. That's the fulfillment of Ezekiel 37. But at the same time, the church, you and I, are also fulfilling Ezekiel 37. Ezekiel said, but there was no breath in them. Now understand that miracles can be instantaneous. Miracles can also be progressive. Don't think that, oh, I don't have a miracle. You know, I haven't got it. Too many Christians think that either God is giving me a miracle or no, he's not involved. I'm just, you know, thinking myself. No, a miracle can be progressive, like this one that we're looking at. This fulfillment didn't come till 1948. The gathering of the Jews, the forming of Israel as a nation. Miracles can be progressive. Can you tell the person next to you? Miracles can be progressive. How did Ezekiel prophesy? He prophesied from his heart. He prophesied, he spoke out of the heart of the father. And yet, you know, he could only see bodies. There were only bodies. It's a miracle in the making. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want you to understand that God never does not work, if it makes sense. God always works. The minute you pray, angels are released. The minute you pray, works are happening. The minute you lay hand on the sick, healing comes. Healing always comes. In fact, God wants healings much more than you do. God wants miracles much more than you do. And that's why Jesus taught the church, your kingdom come, your will be done. But God has to deal with our unbelief. Your unbelief can keep the hands of God tied. Or a wrong mindset. A wrong mindset. Don't be stuck in your mindset. Don't be stuck in your way. We must get rid of all the negative, skeptical, cynical, impossibility mindset. Now, some of you, you say, no, 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 I'm not in fear. But when I listen to you, I know that you are in fear. Your words are always negative. Your words are always cautious. What is that? You think of the negative even before you think of the positive. Driven by fear. Live out of fear. Don't carry the doom and gloom in your head. 
Don't carry the gloom and doom in your head and don't live a self-cursed life. I'm not good enough. Would we be able to make it? I don't have enough money. No, she's been bad, you know, for two years already. The sickness has been for a few months already. Don't prolong what is negative. Don't prolong what you don't want to happen. Instead, win the battle of your mind. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, you say to me, Pastor Dora, but I've never witnessed a miracle. I've never had a miracle. Let me ask you a question. Are you saved? Are you saved? Salvation is the greatest miracle. Salvation is the greatest miracle. So take good care of your miracle and more miracles will be given to you. All my sickness, you know, all my sicknesses and diseases, when I got saved, they were taken away. I was healed of all my sicknesses and diseases when I got saved. But I had to learn how to keep myself healthy and strong. There is what God can do for you, but there is what you must do for yourself. Can we say amen? Amen. In Mark chapter 9, verse 23, Jesus said, if you can believe. He could have stopped there. Well, you say my parents can believe for me. It's good that your parents can believe for you. It's good that their faith can protect you. At the same time, you have to believe as well. Can we say amen? And look at what Jesus said. Come on, read that with me. One, two, three. All things are possible to him that believe. Not to God. All things are possible to him that believe. So you need to cultivate for yourself a lifestyle of faith. And faith cometh by? Hearing, not having heard. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The word of God will speak to you. The word of God will become your inner voice. The word of God will become the environment of your inner world. The word of God will become the environment in your mind. Can we say amen? Glory be to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Our faith makes good things possible. Shall we name some of the good things? Health. How many of you believe that health is the most important? Lift up your hands. You lose your health, you lose everything. Health, healing, financial prosperity, abundance, relational well-being. How many of us want to have relational well-being? To be able to get along with people. Amen. Hallelujah. Deliverance from bondage to drugs, to alcohol, abuse. Say with me, I choose to be a winner. Not a victim. Well, God said that it's my choice. God said it's my choice. Nobody can believe for you. You have to believe. People that can believe for you can stand in the gap to bless you, but eventually you have to believe. Can we say amen? But you say to me, Pastor Dora, but I'm finding it hard to believe. You know, it's hard. It's very hard because I've had a lot of negative experiences. I have a lot of failures. I've had a lot of defeats, you know, so many years. 
then dig deep into your heart and plug out those toxic roots. Dig deep into your memory and renounce those negative pictures. Plug them out. Amen. I'm so thankful to God that when we have have eaten something bad, you know what happened? We can throw it out. If you have eaten something bad, you can throw it out. If you have written something wrong, you can delete it. If you have written something wrong, you can erase it. Lift up your hands and say, thank you, Lord, that I can forgive myself and I can forgive others. One more time. Thank you, Lord, that I can forgive myself and I can forgive others. Don't ever take the power of forgiveness for granted. Forgiveness is a miracle. And you cannot get miracles without walking in the miracle of forgiveness. Miracles come from the power of Jesus to forgive sins. Remember, he raised the paralytic. Remember? The Pharisees were so angry. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Because, you know, the Jews, they were never taught that, you know, a man can forgive sins. And when Jesus came on the scene, they said, who do you think you are? Because they could not believe that Jesus is the Messiah. And Jesus said to them, which is easier? To say that your sins are forgiven or to say to you, take up your bed and walk. So in the sight of God, which is harder? Forgiveness of sins or a physical miracle? Come on, tell me. In the sight of God, which one is harder? Forgiveness of sins or performing a miracle of physical healing? Forgiveness of sins. Jesus said, which one is easier? Which one is harder? But so that you may know that I have the power to forgive sins. So he said to the paralytic, rise up and walk. A miracle is not completed, not until that person gives his or her heart to Jesus. Can we say amen? Amen. So if you look at this incident one more time, when did the miracle happen? As far as the dry bones are concerned. The miracles happened as Ezekiel followed the Lord's instruction as he repeated after God. Let me ask you a question. Did he have the faith that the bones would come back together and that a mighty army would be raised from them? Did Ezekiel have that faith? No, he didn't. But he had the obedience. He had the faith in God. So he just followed. He repeated what he was told. He did what he was told. That's how miracles happen. So where is our faith? In God. What is faith? Following God. What is faith? Obeying him. Can we say amen? 
So what is Ezekiel's part in this? What is his part in this miracle? His calling. His connection, which is his faith in God. His spiritual hearing and his act. To hear and to speak after God. And what's most important of all, his voice. Why didn't God just do it all by himself? Answer me this question. Why didn't God just do it all by himself? Ezekiel, look at, you know, just stand here and look at what I can do. Why didn't he do that? Because remember, in the book of Genesis, God gave to men the dominion over the creation of the earth. Remember that? In Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2, God gave to men the authority and the dominion to run this whole planet called the earth. And God would not go back on his own creation and foundation principle. I want you to understand and don't take it for granted. God is the the God of principles and he will not change them for you or for me. God is not the one to change. We are the ones to change. Can we say amen? Why? Because his ways are not our ways, neither are his ways. Thoughts are thoughts. You can't just say, God bless me, bless me, bless me, and you don't change. And you are stuck in your own mindset and you're stuck in your own thinking. Everybody, including God, is wrong, but you alone is right. Lift up your hands with me and say, Lord, help me. I don't want to be stubborn no more. Rebuke that spirit of stubbornness, for it's like witchcraft. It's like witchcraft. Stubbornness is as witchcraft. Stubbornness means I insist on my way. What is the opposite of stubbornness? Come on, tell me. What is the stubbornness of, what is the opposite of stubbornness? Humility. What is the opposite of stubbornness? Humility. One more time, you sound too soft. You know, when you are so soft, even the devil can't hear you. (laughs) What is the opposite? What is the opposite of stubbornness? What is the opposite of stubbornness? Have we ever been stubborn? Oh, yes, including myself. I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to myself. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. So Ezekiel had to speak because the dominion had been given to him. Now let's go back to Ezekiel 37 and look at verse 9. Look at verse 9. Ezekiel 37 verse 9. I want you to, to notice this. Then God said unto Ezekiel, prophesy unto the wind. It's like speak to the wind. What? Prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind. Whom did Jesus say he was? The son of man. So don't think that you are not important. So don't think that you don't have power. Why? Because you are. 
a son of man. God needs people on the earth. Amen. To carry out his assignments. So God said, prophesy unto the wind. Say unto the wind. And then he said, come from the four winds. Oh, oh, breath and breathe upon these slain. I want you to notice the change of word in the English translation. The first one is the wind and then the wind. And then it changed to, it's changed to, oh, breath. Who is the breath of God? Who is the breath of God? The Holy Spirit. Come breathe upon me, breath of God. Who is that? The Holy Spirit. Lift up your hands with me and say, breathe upon me, Holy Spirit. Do you know that we cannot live without the Holy Spirit? Nobody can live without breathing. Amen. It's the will of God. But if Ezekiel had to speak it, he had to ask. Well, you think, well, if God wants it to happen, it will happen. Is that the right thinking? If God wants it to happen, it will happen. Is that a right thinking? No. Why? Because you have to ask. It's your life. You are the boss of your life. Why? In the book of James, you have not because you ask not. What is prayer? Asking. What is prayer? Asking. What is prayer? Asking. So how come you don't pray? You work so hard, but you pray so little. You have not because you Ask not. You only ask in your head. I think God, please, in your head. There are too many Christians that just live from their head. I'm not joking. I've been, you know, a pastor for so many years. There are many, many mental Christians. And because you are a mental Christian, you find it hard to pray. God wants us to be spirit-filled Christians. Proactive Christians. Full-on Christians. Not half-hearted, not lukewarm. Amen. But to be in charge of our lives, to be in charge of our mouth. Can we say amen? Hallelujah. Amen. Shake off the demon of passivity. Come on, say to the person next to you, shake off that devil of passivity. Do you mean it? Then say it one more time. Say to the person in front of you or next to you, shake off that spirit of passivity. Amen. The wind. How many of you remember Jesus rebuked the wind? Right? On his way to rescue the madman. Well, Jesus rebuked the wind and Ezekiel asked for the wind. So... Is God being self-contradictory? Because there is the holy wind and there is the evil wind. When we talk about the wind, we're talking about movements in the realm of the spirit. It's the same. Ideas can come to you from God. Ideas can also come to you from the devil. We call that 
inspiration. Suddenly, a thought comes to me. Suddenly, an idea comes to me. I'm talking about youth and teenagers as well. They always have a lot of thoughts, ideas. And some ideas are killing them. Some ideas are defeating them. Ideas can come to you from God. Ideas can come to you from the devil. And that's why it's so important to discern. Winds can come from God. Winds can also come from the devil. So in this case, the wind is from God. If you look at John chapter 3, verse 8, John chapter 3, verse 8, John chapter 3, verse 8, the wind blows where it listeth. I've read this scripture for a long time without understanding it. The wind blows where it listeth and you hear the sound. But cannot tell when it's coming and where it's going. That's the wind. It's like you have no control. How can I control what the devil is doing? How can I control when the devil is coming? How can I control what the, what the Holy Spirit is doing when the Holy Spirit is coming? Here's the answer for you. You talk about the sovereignty of God. Yes, God is sovereign. At the same time, he has made himself available to your requests. He has made himself available to your requests. He has made himself available to your asking, to your praying, to your desires. Do you get it? Ask and you shall receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door shall be opened unto you. Let me ask you, will God answer a child's prayer? Yes, because that spiritual principle can be activated by whosoever. It's just like we have all the electricity. This, this whole building has been wired, but you would have no light. Not until you turn on the switch. You have no power. Not until you activate the law of asking and receiving. How many of you have got it? Amen. Yes, God is sovereign. Yet he also moves by the prayers, the heartfelt requests of his sins. I want to draw your attention to the wind, the wind and the water. The Holy Spirit is called the wind of God. The Holy Spirit is also called the living water, the river of life. No one can fly without the wind. Is that right? And nothing lives without the water. No one can fly without the wind and nothing flows. Nothing flows without the water. The Holy Spirit is both the wind and the river of life. There is no life without air and there is no life without water. 
No matter how powerful technology is, no matter how powerful the big tech guys are, they cannot manufacture air and they cannot manufacture water. So don't ever worry. Don't ever be concerned. Let's go to Acts chapter 2, verse 2. Acts chapter 2, verse 2. There came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Who is that? The Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. And it filled the house where they were sitting. This is a spiritual principle which is the word and the wind must work together. The reason why God said to Ezekiel, prophesy unto the wind, commanded the wind to come because the wind cannot work without the word. God had to give Ezekiel the word for the wind to work with. Do you get it? Why do we have to pray? Because we have to give God our word for the Holy Spirit to move. In Luke chapter 24, verse 49, Jesus said, I send you the promise of my father, but tarry you in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. What is that? That is Jesus' instruction to his disciples. That is the word of God given to the disciples until the disciples acted on the word. The Holy Spirit could not come. The word and the spirit must work together. And if you look at Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus one more time, he said, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit is come upon you. This is a word of prophecy. And that word of prophecy is the same like Ezekiel's prophecy is the word. And the Holy Spirit had to come. We had to speak and the Holy Spirit will come. Let's go to Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, high life fully come, that means it had been progressively coming. Jesus had ushered in the Holy Spirit progressively. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, and they were all with one accord in one place, where the people are gathered together in unity, there God commands his blessings. As a child of God, you cannot afford not to live in unity. A house divided will fall. That's not talking about the person falling. That's talking about the whole, the whole house collapsing. Broken homes. Divided families. The whole inheritance becomes broken. How many of you know that a lot of children that have to go through transgender, or they call it, uh, sex, what's that called? Sex realignment? Sex realignment? Surgery? 
a lot of them, they come from abusive, broken homes. It's not worth it. I'm not saying that you stay in abuse. If it's physical abuse, I understand. But if it's just petty quarrels, ask the Holy Spirit to empower you. You have to discern. The Holy Spirit will lead you. Always follow the Holy Ghost. He knows. But it's very important that you're not stuck in your own mindset. Can we say amen? Amen. What happened? They were all with one accord in one place. Say to yourself, one accord. One more time. One accord. It's very important. And suddenly there came a sound from from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. Amen. I want to show you this video of the power of the resurrection. Let's play it now. Praise the Lord. Thank you. Thank you for technology that we can visualize what it was like then. Honestly, compared to those days, our lives are easy. I'm not trying to belittle your feelings and your sufferings, but compared to those days of the early church, our lives are easy. So if I can ask you to take your calling seriously, to ask the Lord to use you, to yield to him, to connect with him. Let nothing separate you from the love of God in Christ Jesus. Any enemies in your life, turn them to be converts for Jesus. Any difficult situations in your life, turn them to become testimonies for the Lord. Lift up your head and believe that all things are possible for him who believes, for her who believes. And keep the hungering and the thirsting after God. If I can ask the musicians to come, can I ask you to all stand with me? You have listened, you have watched. So now is the time to be proactive. To put into practice what you have listened to, what you have been given. What have been imparted into you? Amen. And don't ever allow the enemy to stop you from rising to a higher level. Say to the person next to you, I'm going to a higher level. Yes. God needs prayer warriors. God needs those that would pray. God needs those who would evangelize. God needs those who would lift up the downcast. God needs
leads those that would bring the light to those that are in darkness. So can we sing this song? Ask the Holy Spirit to come to your life. Amen. Yes, you can start the stream.